Today I've got somebody from the gun community, a special guest that we're going to be talking about guns, we're going to talk about some politics, he's very involved in the gun community, loves guns, he's a class 3 FFL, that means he can manufacture and sell machine guns and all the naughty things that the ATF doesn't like, he's obviously a veteran and he runs a very well-known YouTube channel on firearms, Iraqi Veteran 8888. And uh, he's got a big following on YouTube. I think you're close to like 3 million subscribers, I think. 2.7 like right? million now. 2.7 yeah. million. He's got a huge following on uh, Twitter, which is actually how, how we met because we have a lot of very similar uh, political views as well as the Second Amendment. And obviously, any of you guys have been following me for a while know that I'm hugely pro-Second Amendment because without the guns, we got we got no country. So... Eric, if you this is Eric Blanford, by the way, I don't think I said your name earlier, but That's okay. Eric, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and Bro. what what you do and uh, your expertise? And also, he's very involved in the litigation and going after and suing the federal government and other um, members of the local, state, and city governments that are infringing upon our Second Amendment rights. So I appreciate that. He's one of the guys that's helping to keep the government out of our business so the spirit of the second amendment shall not be infringed actually means what it says Corey, man what a great intro thank you so much dude and i really appreciate the invite to come down and hang out with you and um i've really enjoyed our time together so far we've had some very enlightening discussions and i'm sure we're gonna you know get into more details and stuff and i love your studio man you like you got a great thing going on you know so kudos to you man you got a great setup and really enjoy what you're doing and um i've been at this thing for a while man you know i've I've been on youtube now for about 15 years i'm kind of like one of the ogs in the in the in the gun world in terms of like you know putting out content on youtube and i'm just kind of one of those guys that like i'm a well-known average guy i'm just a redneck with a video camera that just happened to like you know see some success with it and I don't know. I sort of stumbled down the rabbit hole inadvertently. I, I didn't really mean to do what I'm doing now. I just sort of created my position. Uh, the job didn't exist when I first started doing this. And, you know, now we have this social media content creator. And what are you, uh, an influencer? Like when I first started doing this, none of those things were a thing. It was just literally just rednecks in a field with guns, with cameras. And we were just documenting things that we happened to already be doing just for fun and putting a little content out. And, Turns out a lot of folks really enjoyed what we were doing and uh, wanted to be a part of it. And here we are, 2.7 million subscribers later and uh, 750 million lifetime views on the channel. So three quarters of a billion views over the course of the last, you know, 15 years. It's been a a crazy road. You know, Twitter's doing great. You know, Musk Musk, uh, took over the reins over there. And, you know, we've seen some good growth on Twitter. So um, that's working out well. So. And just doing our thing. I took uh, the Georgia State Director position for Gun Owners of America last year. So uh, I've got the reins up there in Georgia. So, you know, getting involved on the on the litigation front, suing the crap out of the uh, ATF. Uh, right now we have our, um, our firearms uh, FFL coalition. Okay, we're actually suing the ATF for their increased revocations. Right now revocations are up an astronomical amount. And the ATF are going after gun dealers and shutting them down for even the smallest clerical errors on paperwork. Very tiny little human errors that we're all capable of making and that we all will eventually make a little minor paperwork error. But they're shutting down people over the dumbest little things. So we set up a coalition of FFLs to get together 
and sue the ATF. So we are suing the ATF over the revocations. Because it's basically the current occupant of the White House is anti-gun, and so anything he can do to gum up the works. And the way they look at it is if they have less FFLs, in other words, you've got less firearms dealers that you can buy guns from, that, in their eyes, well, that'll have less guns in society because they believe less guns equals less crime, even though statistically in peer-reviewed study after peer-reviewed study, if you've ever studied any of John Lott's work of the Crime Research Prevention Institute, I believe it is, or Crime Research Institute Prevention Center, I think is, is what it is. He's laid all these out. I've posted these things on my uh, Instagram for years. It usually gets people fired up on the left because that's against what they've been told or propagandized. Like if, if you have less FFLs, yeah. the, the theory in their mind is, well, then less people will own guns, less people will buy guns. And, and it does disenfranchise a certain amount of people within society who, you know, maybe they're, maybe the gun store that's in your town is the only gun store in your town. Well, if that gun store gets shut down, how are you going to buy a gun? Where are you going to go? Are you going to have to drive a town over, two towns over, a county over, right? So what if you don't have a lot of money for gas? Like what if you're trying to pinch every penny? Like so it does disenfranchise people who need to have access to FFLs, you know, in order to have guns transferred in, to buy a firearm. So uh, in their mind, they think, well, the less gun dealers there are, then the less available guns will be, which may be true, but it's also – very disingenuous on their part because, you know, they're literally just doing it to harm the livelihoods of the people who engage in the gun business. This this isn't really about necessarily trying to, to prevent guns from being out there. I mean, guns are super common. They're everywhere. You're going to buy a gun no matter what. They're, they're all over the place. This is just really more about punishing the people who engage in the business of dealing firearms. More yeah, than to make it more expensive, more oh, yeah. cumbersome, to gum up the works, to make things more difficult, and in essence discourage something that, even though the Second Amendment says shall not be infringed, they have every intention on infringing upon it and trying to get away with whatever they can get away with. They want to force people to be of the mindset of, you know what, we're thinking about going in business, we're thinking about going in the gun business. They want them to go, Wow. We look at all these revocations. Look how hard this is. Like, you know what? Being in the gun business may not necessarily be worth it because look at look at what could happen. So they want to discourage people from getting involved in the gun business. That's the real reason. Yep. They want to discourage a behavior that they are not a fan of because they want to run and regulate every aspect of our lives. And they think they're us clueless, unwashed masses or the clueless rubes that we don't have any guns or anything to protect ourselves because they don't believe we're competent enough or smart enough to have our own weapons, despite the fact that when you statistically look at it, a, a police officer versus somebody that's concealed carry when a, a shooting happens, the police are typically about three times more likely to shoot an innocent person versus somebody that's concealed carry. And it just comes right down to training because the police don't train very often. And, like, you know, I'm not going to mention the police department. One of my local police departments here, I was talking with one of the SWAT officers a couple of years ago, and he's like, we get four hours of firearms training per year. And that basically entails going to the gun range and shooting at some paper targets, typically with a pistol, a shotgun, and some kind of AR-style rifle. And if you've ever seen some of the the targets from some of these agencies and the gun range, it's no wonder that the police are three times more likely to shoot an innocent person than somebody that's concealed carry like myself 
like Eric, just because we train. Like the pistol that I carry most with me, I've got over 12,000 rounds through that particular pistol. And I seriously doubt the, the overwhelming majority, probably 80, 90% of the police officers, not a single one of them has ever fired that many rounds in their practice or their, their whole career. It's a very small percentage of police that are pro-gun and actually take the time to train, to be competent and safe with their firearms. If the surgeon only picked up a scalpel one time a year, would you trust that surgeon? No. Right. I mean, I want to, I want my, I want my uh, surgeon to be very well, you know, to know his tools inside and out. Right. Like, you know, that gun is, is the scalpel, Right. If you're a police officer, you got you're going to rely on that pistol to protect yourself, to enforce a law, to do whatever. You know, yeah. If you see something dangerous, you see, you know, someone who's a victim, they're being hurt. I think that the thought in a lot of people's minds is that police want to do the right thing. They want to be the person that's going to be there to help someone like most of them are great people and they do want to see, you know, um, everyone be peaceful. And, that, and, you know, trust me, in the back of their mind, they have the complex of, uh, being the person that saves the day. Who doesn't want to be that person? I, I get that. I understand that. But you got to be able to walk the walk and talk the talk. I mean, just to want to be that person is not enough. Like you, you have to be that person. You have to, you know, put all of the uh, circumstances in place that make you that John Wick uh, sort of person. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, and unfortunately, most guys in law enforcement are just not going to take the time. Number one, they're on a fixed income typically. And number two, it's like they don't want to spend the money on training or ammunition because that gets expensive. That, that adds up. And to them, they're content with just going to a gun range and shooting a couple times a year at some paper targets that don't move or don't shoot back. And then when they get in a real-world gunfight and they've never done any kind of force-on-force training where people are actually shooting back at you, they freak out. And you know that's why you'll see people in police shooting videos empty their magazine, throw another one in, empty that magazine, and not even hit the bad guy once. And meanwhile, bullets are flying all over the place. They kind of, you know, a lot of police shootings look like Hollywood movies, whereas when you look at somebody like uh, a George Wilson, I think was his name, the one that was uh, the, the church shooting a couple Jack of years Wilson. ago. Jack Wilson. Think, yeah, his name's Jack. He was, uh, you know, apologize for messing up the name. But if you saw the shooting, you had somebody come in the entrance with a shotgun, shot a couple people, and unfortunately, one of the other security people was just too slow. I think they, they were taking their gun from their hip, and they got shot and killed. But um, George pulled out his pistol, boom, one shot to the face, and the dude dropped like a sack of potatoes, and it was over. And that's the difference. Now, somebody like George, who's an instructor, who's hundreds of thousands of rounds maybe through pistols and rifles over the course of his life versus your average police officer that gets four hours of firearms training per year, who do you want to rely on? Because people think, oh, the police are supposed to keep us safe. They're trained right and properly. But what most people don't realize is 99% of the police are not. They are not the people, you know, like my friend John says, he says, most police I would not want shooting around or near me. And I've been at the gun range many times when the police show up you know, because they have classes and stuff, and they're pointing their guns at themselves, they're pointing it at us and each other. They're some of the most dangerous and incompetent people to be around when they have weapons, and that's why when, when we're done training, well, I want to get the hell out of there as quickly as possible. What I find to be odd is that they're the same people that wants to try to tell me what I should own <clears throat> or shouldn't own. 
you know, and then, oh, anytime there's some sort of a gun ban discussed, oh, it's always going to be military and, and law enforcement is going to be exempt. Yeah, well, of course they're going to be exempt, you know. Oh, they should be exempt and their incompetency. But, you know, me and my everlasting competency that I work very hard to maintain, I somehow should be regulated uh, simply because you don't agree that, you know, that I should be able to protect myself and that you should not have a monopoly on violence. At the end of the day, we have to remember that, you know, the government desperately wants a monopoly on violence, and that's really what uh, gun control in their mind is really about. Like, they always say that it's under the guise of public safety. The truth is it's about their safety. It's They want to have a monopoly on violence. They want to be the only people that have guns. And we know what happens in any type of regime, no matter what type of government it is. When the government is the only people that have guns, we know where that leads, all right? That, that's been well-documented, well well-storied. It's a story as old as time. We know what happens when only the government has guns. And the re- only reason why people want to ban guns, especially the politicians, is the reality is deep down they want to do things to their citizens, their s- subjects, I guess, the way they kind of look at it, that would get them shot. And so, therefore, they can't do what they really want to do, and that's why they want to get rid of they want to prevent us from having having guns because they know deep down the major, overwhelming majority of people are not going to be going along with their agenda. It's like especially when you look at the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab and Gates and all the rest of the self-appointed global elite, the Michael Bloomberg's of the world, BlackRock and all that. You yeah, know? all of them, Vanguard, all of them think that the the rest of us idiots should not be armed and that only police and military should have firearms when the harsh reality is the majority of those people compared to people that are enthusiasts that that train constantly because shooting is a perishable skill if you don't practice if you don't dry fire you're going to be rusty and it's going to be a lot harder to hit something when you're under stress if you haven't been practicing recently and that is the daily reality of most police officers there was a, a shooting a couple of years ago um, on I-95 in, uh, was it Hollywood, Florida, you know, Miami-Dade area. And so there was a UPS driver. He had just gotten a job. It was his first day on the job. And he gets carjacked by some dirtbag criminal. And so the guy's on 95, and then, you know, everybody, he gets blocked in by the police. And then so the guy, you know, has his arm around the dude's neck, and he has the gun to his head, basically, and then he starts walking to get out of the UPS truck because, it, you know, it's blocked in or he's not driving anywhere. And so he starts shooting at some of the police. And there were, I think it was six or eight officers that returned fire. And they hit the suspect and killed him, but they also killed the hostage. And they killed, I think it was two other people that were sitting in their cars on the other side of the UPS truck. And it was something like 200 rounds fired from, like, five or six cops at, you know, trying to hit one guy. uh, Did the Israelis train those guys? (laughs) So they end up hitting, you know, this, you know, killing the the guy that was a hostage. They they killed the bad guy, and they killed two other people. They're just sitting in their cars that were blocked in traffic (sighs) because these cops freaked out. They never had done any kind of force-on-force training. They'd never had anybody shooting back at them and they lost their shit and they emptied their magazines in the direction and most of those bullets didn't even come close to hitting the bad guy 
And that's a tragedy, and that's what happens, but most people don't know. They think if the police show up and they got a gun, they know what they're doing, they know how to use it. But that's the harsh reality. Yeah. And, you know, this particular um, county got in touch with one of my friends, and um, not that county, but the county next to it, and they said, we just saw what happened on 95, and we want you to come train our officers because we don't want to have anything like that happen because it's terrible PR. You get, you know, six police officers that basically execute an innocent person or three innocent people because they're incompetent and they're not properly trained. I mean, that's a terrible situation. And I'm not saying that what they did was correct. And I'm not I'm definitely not going to cover for them or anything. But just from a standpoint of human behavior and and what we do in that fight or flight reflex uh, type of environment. Right. Well, you know, if you're taking fire and you have to end the threat. Only thing that was on their minds was to end the threat. Now, obviously, what they did was terrible, and, you know, it's, it's bad to, to, you know, shoot people that you don't want to shoot, right? And we got to be more discretionary about that sort of stuff. Um, however, at that basic core human level, all they could probably think was, oh, my gosh, this person is shooting a gun at me. And, and I'm sure that's scary. You know, you're getting shot at. You're having to analyze, oh, my gosh, you know, there's people in the area. This guy's got a hostage. What the heck do I do? But are you going to sit there and get shot at? And, you know... We could say all day long, we can play Monday quarterback and say, well, you know, yeah, if they were better trained, would they have acted differently? Yeah, they, they would have. Yeah, there's probably some really well-trained guys like Jack that could just, boom, pull out the pistol, one shot, one kill, d- done, in the threat. Of course, I'm not saying that that shouldn't be the case. But I also understand that they probably were, were thinking, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? Like, what if, what if this guy hits someone else? What if they kill me? Like, that fight-or-flight reflex does come into play, and we have to train our officers on how better to deal with those stressors, right? They need to have more of a decision-making process when it comes to their training. And, of course, you know, there's a lot of things that go into it that we won't discuss here. That's a completely different scenario to talk about tactics and things like that. But it is tragic, you know, and it is a PR nightmare when you see uh, police agencies that are involved in these crazy shootings and they end up hurting innocent people, and it paints a really, really bad uh, error <laughs> for law enforcement. And if anything, it makes a, a guy like my job easier because when they talk about wanting to ban guns and, oh, only only uh, law enforcement should have guns and all this sort of stuff, I can go, really? Exhibit A. Really? Only law enforcement should have guns? Is this the example you want to use? You want to go there? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. There was another (laughs) shooting that just came to mind. It was last two, three years. I remember seeing it. There was a cop. uh, I think it was somebody had a dog that was going bananas or something like that. And so this guy, um, this police officer shows up and it's a woman walking her dog and the dog's barking. I don't know if it was on a leash or not. And so the guy pulls out his pistol because he's afraid of the dog and shoots at the dog. He does, I don't think he hit the dog. He ends up hitting her, and she ends up dying and, and bleeding out. You can hear her going, oh, you shot me. You know, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, he kills her by accident because a dog caused his nervous system to overload to the point where he couldn't aim or shoot straight. 
He ends yeah. up, this woman lost her life. And there was a one female officer that um, went to draw her taser to tase a suspect oh, and, yeah. and accidentally drew a Glock and shot yep. the guy. Yep. And even on the, on the body cam footage, she's like, oh, my God, you know, like, she didn't mean. She knew she didn't meant, meant to do it. Like she knew it was a mistake and admitted that mistake. But it's like that's it. Like once that bullet leaves a barrel, you can't take yeah. it back. It's leaving. Trust me, it is leaving that barrel and it is not coming back. There are no, no do overs. I think she went to jail. Didn't she get sentenced to prison for that? I, I think she might have. I think she might have. But wow, what a mistake! A mistake that cost someone their life. You know, that's not the kind of environment we want to paint for anybody, much less law enforcement. I mean, society can say what they want. But at the end of the day, someone's law enforcement, they're expected to be accountable and they're, they're expected to have a higher degree of accountability than just anyone. In my mind, if you wear the uniform, any uniform, military uniform, police uniform, you're held to a higher standard. You should know better. So when it happens to someone like that, it really does paint a clear picture. It's like, like wow, people are fallible. Like People make mistakes. We're all human beings, right? You know, I'm not suggesting that a mistake should cost someone their lives, but gosh, we've got to do better got to do better definitely for sure